What's up, and welcome back to our podcast, Lighthouse. Today, I'm here with my good friend from high school, Lily, and her fiancé, Andrew, to talk about the joys and struggles of being long distance, the different roles of men and women in a relationship, and preparation for marriage. So they both offer a lot of great advice, and I hope you all enjoy. So we could just start with you each giving an introduction of yourself and a brief description of what you've been up to. Sure. Okay. Go ahead, Lily. Okay. Um, I'm Lily. I am. I just turned 22. I graduated from Happy college. Birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I almost said 21, but um, I graduated from college a few months ago, and now I'm working in Arlington, um, doing like defense contracting and. I live with my family in Northern Virginia. Um, and yeah, I just got engaged to Andrew. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, just kidding. Um, nice. Um, I guess I'll go ahead then. Um, my name is Andrew Marlowe. I'm 25 years old. I've pretty much been born and raised in Southern California my whole life. I currently live in San Diego in a little town, not super little, but called Poway. I still live at home. My parents just kind of saving up and um, trying to get ready to move out here soon, obviously, with all that's going on. And um, I studied college at the University of San Diego, got a business degree there. Um, I got a associate's degree in fire science at a different community college and I currently work as a firefighter for the San Diego Fire Rescue Department. I've been doing that for about a year and a half now, and I love it. And I just finished my first year there. So um, first year as a rookie, I guess you could say, and the rest of the time was in training. But um, it's going great. I love it. I'm happy to be, be on to the next step in my uh, – job and looking forward to the future with uh miss lily james here and you can cut wait oh well i try but not really <laughs> so now that you're not a rookie what what's your position called um so i was called probationary firefighter now i'm just firefighter oh, okay. i don't i don't i'm not on like probation so, that sounds um, like a bad thing. I know it does sound like a it bad does. thing. Yeah. <laughs> like when I sometimes I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying it took me a while to get used to that. Like saying you were on probation. Like it sounded like a punishment or something. No, it did. Sometimes I'd say probation and people would turn their heads like, What do you do, bro? <laughs> and I was just like, No, it's it's just that's why I'll say the term rookie sometimes because yeah, it kind of makes more sense. Um and doesn't have that like connotation that's somewhat negative associated with it. So yeah. that's why um, I kind of have to do some elaborating when I say probation. Mm. But well, yeah. So I, I usually like to start these off with the hardest questions. So I give you guys Ooh, usually okay. some more time to think about it. Andrew, I don't know if you got the question sent to you, but. Lily, if you want to start, um, what is one of the most, the best piece of advice you've ever received and why? Mm-hmm. Is this like 
relationship advice or just any advice? Uh, it could be any advice. Okay. Um. <sighs> the best piece of advice. I think I would say, okay, this isn't, this is like for relationship stuff, Mm -hmm. um, because Andrew was like my first serious boyfriend. So when I first started dating him, like a lot of people were giving me advice, like my friends and my mom and stuff about just like dating and stuff. And I was kind of like. I don't know. I was like, what am I getting myself into? And they were like, whenever anything difficult would come up or like, I don't know, since we were doing long distance, like there's just hardships inevitably. And this is what my best friend told me, Callie. She was like, always remember how lucky you are and how blessed you are and be grateful. And even when things aren't going perfectly as planned like just remember how lucky you are and I feel like that was just some something that I said to myself over and over again throughout like our relationship and it really helps me because it was so simple and like it just was like very applicable to like any situation too um so I feel like just gratitude and like remembering to be grateful um can really help changed my attitude or perspective on anything and like my mood can like immediately be changed around Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's the best advice I've gotten and that was for relationship stuff but I feel like it can be applied to anything yeah Um, so yeah that's that's what I would say yeah I feel like that's really good for people that I mean me now just being single and I feel like marriage is my vocation but my mom continually reminds me just be grateful for what you do have and don't focus on don't be so worried and focus on what you don't have so yeah I think that's that's good advice for kind of any situation that we're in and something that definitely need to continually remind ourselves like every single day (laughs) I like yeah. in college my last I think it was my senior year that's when someone told me to or I heard it um on some podcast or something but it was like wake up every morning and just write at least like 10 things that you were grateful for and so when I started mm-hmm. doing that it really helped just walking into PT like already being grateful for just having PT physical therapy so not physical therapy um physical fitness the RTC yeah. So I, I remember I would first, like the first couple years, I would go down, like I would wake up last second and then just run down there. And so I hadn't been able to like even wake up yet. But then when I started doing that, PT just became so much more fun. And it was like just the 10, writing down 10 things that I was grateful for. So yeah, yeah. whatever situation that we're in, and especially in a relationship, because obviously we all dream of like it being so perfect. You finding your Prince Charming, everything turning out like so perfect how you always imagine, but that's not life. So, yeah, I really like that advice. So. Yeah, I didn't know you were an ROTC. That's really cool. Yeah, well, I just commissioned in May, so 
Now nice. it's actual army. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's really cool. Um, sweet. Well, I thought that was a really good answer there, Lily. Um, Thank you. I'll have to, I was kind of going along the same lines there, but I will think of something else. Uh, best advice I've ever gotten. Okay. Well, so there's, there's a couple things, but I'd say probably the best is um, from my dad. And what he told me, uh, basically, I mean, he taught me a lot of things, but the most important one was value your relationships and your role. Know your role. So obviously, start with relationships. What that would entail is relationships with, you know, God, your family, your friends. And that encompasses, you know, faith, your, your involvement in your community and your church and, um, you know, your friends, like how much time you spend with them and your family, what you do and the sacrifices you make. And that's kind of the relationship aspect because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you could have whatever you want in the world, but at the end of the day, I mean, I feel this way. If I'm not like in the company of others every so often, you just kind of feel alone. And yeah, you can, there's, I always pray and you can take different avenues to help that, that feeling, but really there's nothing like being in the company of others or those people that you have close to you and, and, having a good relationship with God like that's you could do go through anything in life and if you just have people with you or you know you have your faith hold it dear to you you can pretty much I mean I don't want to speak for everyone but you could pretty much you know get through a lot of the bad times or hard times and so role-wise um uh basically just pertains to man or woman uh for me obviously it's gonna be like being the provider growing up my dad teaching me to show respect and dignity to a woman and that you want to find a woman with certain qualities and attributes that will kind of be a testament of who they are where they come from you know it's like certain people you'll go out and you'll meet certain people and it's like you kind of tell fairly quickly on your first impression of them you know, a decent bit, first impressions are pretty big. Um, and they start whenever someone will typically open their mouth. So for, for me, um, that was being a provider, finding the right woman, and then devoting your life to that. And that's through, you know, having a stable job, making good money, being able to provide for them, um, and understanding that you're their protector and, um, that you will, you will one day like realize the fulfillment that's associated with that. And so that's obviously I'm still pretty young. I haven't like reached the peak of that philosophy or if you want to call it that, that my dad told me about, but I am starting to kind of realize like, okay, wow, I'm taking a step here in my life. I'm, I'm engaged. Um, everything's becoming super real, you know, like, um, like not just the wedding planning, but actually being able to fulfill that role. You know, there's no more like going out, being in college, going out and having fun. You're not worrying about yourself anymore. Now you're worrying about your future wife and eventually family. So it's like, you have to flip that switch pretty quick. 
and um, it's hard, especially when you have friends or you associate yourself with people who are still not in that mindset. So you have to kind of adjust and realize like, okay, this is where I'm moving on. And luckily I'm fortunate enough where I don't have to cut any ties or anything with anyone, but um, I'm lucky enough to have, have the ability to flip that switch and be able to start working on myself spiritually and um, from a provider standpoint, being able to step into that role of being a man or a woman. Um, and that's just kind of like, that's just, I feel like you go back to the earliest of times where you read in history. It's like, that's kind of always the role a man has in a family, especially is being that provider, taking care of a woman. And the woman is like taking care of the family and has those nurturing qualities about her. So I believe in that. And in today's world, it's obviously a little bit skewed, but those, mm-hmm. that's probably the best advice um, I've gotten. And I'm, I'm really start as I grow up, I'm really starting to realize that that's true. Cause when you're a kid, you don't really know much. You kind of just shrug your shoulders and then you're like, ah, you hop on your skateboard and go hang out with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Or something. Like, it's not, it's not that way anymore. Once you grow up, once you start your job and your career, you start to realize like, okay, I'm not just taking care of myself anymore. Now it's, now I got to look in, at the bigger picture. So mm-hmm. it's probably the best advice I've ever gotten. There is one more thing. It's very short. Um, that my grandpa gave me it was every day of your life um, you know we always whenever you pray you you typically we we're human nature right we we want to ask for things or we pray for certain people or we'll, we're in that habit of petitioning always petitioning and that's just kind of how it is but um um, my grandpa used to say, like, everyone's always asking, you know, praying to God when they need it. They're not praying voluntarily, or, or if they do, they do pray voluntarily and consistently. And it's, that's good. But one thing that a lot of people forget to do is thank Jesus for dying on the cross. Like, thank him every day, just like a little prayer. Like, thank him for doing that, giving the opportunity to spend eternity with him. You have that opportunity now because of, of that. So... Um, and you know, this is just a glimpse, a snapshot of eternity where we are now. And I think that's important to realize while everyone's so hung up on, you know, what they're going to do with their life and how much money they make. And it seems to be the only thing people keep track of is money, which is, you know, it's important. It is very important. You need money. That's, that's good. But at the end of the day, when you die, when you're all set and gone, it's, it's not going to matter. So focusing on your mm-hmm. yourself and finding that vocation that will please God and do his will is, is really what you want to do. And thank him for that opportunity and thank him for, thank Jesus for dying on the cross so that you can get to that point and be with him forever. So that was some good advice. That my grandpa gave mm. me. But, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Has your grandpa met Lily? Uh, he actually passed away. Uh, so Right, it's kind of, it's kind of a coincidence. Um, so right when we started, first started talking, a couple of years ago, uh, our grandpa's passed away like within the same week, I think, maybe within a couple of weeks of each other. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't, we didn't tell each other, we didn't tell each other yeah, about it because it was, it was so still new. kind of. Yeah, it was so new 
like for us like we had just started talking so we weren't comfortable enough saying like if we said like how's your day today we weren't like oh I went to my grandpa's funeral I don't know it was like we didn't really talk about that yet and then we found out later that we went through that at the same time wow didn't know it yeah yeah because it's kind of something you don't really bring up when you first meet someone like hi how are you oh yeah my grandpa died it's like you know you're still kind of in that phase where you're not oversharing you're kind of just it's kind of small it was very surface level at yeah. that time it was I mean, yeah. that's just kind of how it goes and then you obviously you get into those deeper conversations and you start sharing person more personal stuff but i think that was like the first time yeah. we had facetimed or was like after that yeah it's like the first or second time i was sitting at the beach yeah she was asking what i was doing and i was watching the sunset and i was like well to be honest you know my grandpa just passed away and she's like what minded too and so then we had like a yeah. deep conversation about that all and kind of bonded over that. So that was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Can you guys talk about that for a little bit? Like the beginning stage and what you said, I think it was Lily, of not oversharing and being prudent when you're just kind of getting to know the other person and you could maybe see a future, but, you know, just not like oversharing and giving them your all just first couple months of dating yeah so when we first started talking it was very um it was just like fun and like very surface level like we weren't we were just trying to get to know each other over the period of like a summer like three months And, um, I don't know. It wasn't like we got super close really quickly. Like it was kind of like every once in a while, like one of us would text each other and just be like, Hey, what's going on? And then it was like, Oh, did this today? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It was kind of like very lighthearted, which I think was really good because, we were just able to like get to know each other's personalities and like, I don't know. I don't, I think in the beginning I was trying hard not to like be overly like get super wrapped up in it and every day being like checking my phone and I don't know. I feel like that can happen really easily. And like, especially when for me, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I finally met this guy and he's Catholic and he checks all the boxes and he's perfect and amazing. That's like what I thought in my head, even though I hadn't met him yet. I <laughs> just like <laughs> met him through a mutual friend, but like I knew like enough about him. Um, but I was, I had a conversation with a friend that summer and she told me about this thing called emotional chastity that I never really heard of before, but it's basically just like guarding your heart emotionally I guess and like not being like oh my gosh I want to marry you and have 10 kids with you and like spend forever with you it's like because that can be like not really prudent like you were saying and just a way to like escape your life I think and I don't know I feel like we got to know each other in a very like slow and lighthearted and fun way which I think was really really good so that when we finally did meet each other 
I don't know, we like, that's when we were able to really connect and get into like the deeper conversations, I guess. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I, I think it was, it was pretty cordial at first, you know, like not super deep. Um, I mean, I didn't even, when she first messaged me, I, I, I was like, is this a bot? Like, what's Wait, Andrew, can there? you give your perspective and Lily just give a brief explanation of what, what went down? Like how you guys all. <laughs> is this everything. a bot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. Right? <laughs> My perspective when we first, when she first reached out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Like I said, well, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. You, you know. Well, I was just gonna <laughs> say, basically, I was my friend introduced, like, she knew you, so she was like, "Oh, I know this person. I think he would be great for you." And I messaged him on social media, Instagram, just saying, "Hey, I heard you're gonna be in town." That's literally all I said. Like, I was like, "Hey, I heard you're coming in for a wedding," <laughs> and. It was very, like, chill, and I was just like, I don't know where this is going to go, so, like, I have nothing to lose. And I was very, like, bold about, back then, I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot because, so what? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's already hard enough to date by, like, having guys come up to you and, like, pursue you. So I was like, if this is meant to be, like, we'll see but if not whatever like my mentality was very I was like this might this is very likely not gonna be anything but at the same time I had a feeling I was like just by looking at your Instagram I was like I feel like we already are gonna get along I knew we would get along I just didn't know obviously if we would get married but um (laughs) and so yeah I just reached out to him that way and then his response was everything like he responded to me and was like, it was the most conversation effort like I had ever seen from a guy. Like he sent me basically a paragraph back saying, he literally said, hi, Lily, nice to meet you. Like this is over DM. And he's like, I'm super excited to come out and like meet like my friend's family and like see Virginia and blah, blah, blah. Like he was just super conversational and I really appreciated that and we just started talking based off that and he was like always very like he was always putting effort in which I really appreciated but Andrew you can give your perspective on how you thought of it well I thought it was like I said before I thought I was getting like a message from a bot I was like wow this is a very cute bot random and I I thought Virginia because it had I think it had UVA in your bio. And so I, I, I immediately was like, okay, well, cool. She's in Virginia. I'm not really going to do much with that. I, I don't have a interest in long, cause this is right after I've had, I was over two for long distance relationships. So I, I really did not think anything of it. I was just trying to, to be honest, I was just, being nice and <laughs> responding. That's um, really nice. Um, so, yeah. Because, you know, I knew I'd probably meet her, but it, I didn't really think it was going to amount to anything. 
so I, I kept responding and there was a time where I think we just stopped talking for a few weeks and then um, something happened. Uh, I think, I think I was like going out with someone at this time that she messaged me and then it like didn't work out with that person. And I thought, man, I'm like, I'm in a, a slump of just picking the wrong girls. Like just wasn't working out. And, and so I was like, she, she was pretty nice. Like I'm going out there. Let me just reach out to her again and see how she's doing. She seen what she's up to. And then after that, we started talking. That's like I messaged her. And then we started talking pretty consistently. And then we FaceTime for the first time. And I, once I, I knew I liked her and because all her brothers, obviously, seven of them, it's hard to get away and have, like, a private <laughs> conversation with some random guy across the country. <laughs> so she was, like, out in the dark, and I think it was raining or something. I literally took a walk at night, yeah, in my neighborhood, just to get... And I was like, where are you? Are you, like, <laughs> are you, like, catfishing me right now? I, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I can't see your face. It's pitch black. It's raining. What's going on? And so we, we had like a normal conversation and it was okay. I was, I was kind of sussed out, but <laughs> to, to be completely honest, but then, and then um, I think someone said something and she's like, oh, okay. And she said, I got to go, Andrew, I got to go pray the rosary with my family. And then I was like, okay, all right. This is the one. <laughs> she's, she's cooking something real nice here. So... <laughs> I, I was like, all right, I like this girl. It's that set in stone, and so just kept talking. Since I, I started liking her more and more. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so that's when I knew that I wanted to pursue her. And and Lily, what would you say was the first thing you were attracted to in Andrew? Um, I would say the intentionality like I mentioned before like he was mm-hmm. just such a man like compared to boys I'd met in college like he was sure of himself confident and funny and I just really clicked with his personality like we liked a lot of the same things and um but I would say the most important things that I knew <laughs> right away was Number one, he was super respectful. Like, he never talked about anything. Like, our conversations were so good. And he never cussed or anything. Like, I don't know. It was always very respectful. And I just felt good talking to him. And, like, um, yeah. So, that was really big for me. And then the other thing is I could just be completely myself around him. Like, I don't know. It was just, like... I felt safe to be myself, which I can't really, like, explain, but it was just the way that he made me feel was, like, so comfortable. Mm. Um, so that was – I don't think it could have gone, like, very far if I didn't have mm. those things. And what would you guys say was a positive and negative, uh, like factor in the long distance because you guys were you're always long distance right yeah okay yeah what are what are some things that you've gained from that and then also 
while you're dating, but then what that's going to look like now that you're engaged. Well, I'll just say this and then Andrew, you can chime in. But um, I think long distance was very beneficial when we were dating. And I always tell people this because for a few reasons, it helped us be like learn how to be very communicative like we had to communicate anything we were thinking or feeling because we weren't we couldn't be with each other and like you don't have body language and like just I don't know it's like all you can do is talk so there's nothing else to really like I feel like when you're together you can be distracted by so many things and like when we were when we first started dating it was like we had calls that were hours long and we just like learned how to communicate really well, which I feel like will serve us. Um, But yeah, so I feel like that was helpful. And then also um, you just appreciate the other person a lot more. I don't know. Like, I feel like, it was whenever we saw each other, like, our visits were very, um, like, I don't know. I just feel like you appreciate the other person a lot more, and you don't get into a routine, and you don't take them for granted, I guess. And um, so I think that was really good for a long distance. And it also lets you have your own separate lives, which I think is good. It, prevents you from like when you first start dating someone and you're like in the honeymoon phase and you just want to be with them all the time and like your lives kind of overlap completely like it prevents that from happening and you're both still independent people and you have your own activities and hobbies and friends and stuff so I think for those reasons it was good um but I think it's it looks different now for engagement but Hmm. Andrew is there anything you want to add I think that was pretty pretty much everything except the other thing I'd like to add is you you know when you're with someone and you have to do long distance the hardest thing is staying disciplined to be faithful and committed to that person because there were times where it's like you don't see them for like I didn't see Lily there were times especially when I was in training for the fire department I couldn't see her for a few months at a time. And you start to think like, man, you know, when you don't have that intimate in-person connection, you just, it kind of fizzles and you you second guess and you wonder like, "Hmm, you know, where where do we stand? What does the future hold? And um, again, communication, being able to talk about these sort of thoughts, these problems, these feelings is is very important in order to, to sustain the relationship because it's very easy. It's like there are plenty of times where I went out with my friends or, um, you know, out at some community or social event where it's like, there are other people there. You meet them and it's like, Oh, you know, these, these people are here. These are like, I'm interacting. I'm socially interacting with other people, other young adults, other women. And it just kind of, it's like, then Lily's over there and it's just hard to think uh, like, well, what do I want? And 
being able to communicate that, be open about that, mm-hmm. um, is, was really important so that we can kind of, um, not salvage, but kind of sustain that relationship because, you know, and then when you go see them, everything's okay. So there was a constant early on and, and during large gaps of not seeing each other where you would have those thoughts and then you would be like, actually, no, definitely not. And then it got to the point where it's like the distance didn't affect me um, because I knew I, I knew that she was everything I wanted. So mm. I, I, it didn't bother me as much. But that was kind of early on when I was having those mixed feelings. Um, then eventually I, I, it became very clear, clear that she was definitely the one I wanted to pursue and eventually marry. So, yeah, and like to was... add on that, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, it's such a long distance, especially from across the country where there's a three hour time difference, too. Like, I would, it would be like, I don't know, super late for me, and then like he would just be able to talk, and it was like, I don't know, that was also kind of difficult, but it because it was such a big investment of like time and energy and effort it makes you like realize your values very quickly and you have to assess the person and be like am I gonna waste my time on this or is this actually something worth doing and so I feel like that's why we like had such good conversations and it was very productive and like we had such good communication because we had a talk about everything early on just to determine like because we were doing it long distance um like is it going to be worth it and so I think that was good and we got really close um because of that and yeah and so what what's that kind of look like now that you guys are engaged and how are you preparing for marriage together while being so far apart so, um, that's, now it's kind of like, that's all sorted out, all those kind of unsure feelings. Everything's pretty certain at this point, obviously, otherwise uh, we wouldn't be engaged, but we kind of talked about it. So, it was kind of expected. She kind of knew, like, as soon as we got engaged, it wasn't that much of a surprise, but now and, and what we're doing to prepare, um, you know, we have those conversations and it's hard, obviously, being long distance because we can't just, you know, after work, I can't just go over to her place and hang out with her and the family and have those in-person conversations because it's really different when you're trying to do everything through, through a phone. It's it's hard, but we take time for each other. We, we plan time for each other and we'll set aside time to where we can talk about, you know, those those conversations about you know our spirituality our faith you know different how we're going to resolve problems or our careers our finances you know about children when and how many the and and long-term commitment like it 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 always comes up these conversations and physically it's it's not really something you resolve in one conversation especially when you're doing it over a 30-minute phone call so one 
one important virtue to, um, I guess, practice and, and thrive for, strive for is, is patience. You got to be extremely patient, like, and understand that this stuff doesn't get sorted out overnight. This is a long haul. You have to be extremely patient um, with the other person on these topics and, and on this preparation for marriage. You know, there's, there's going to be back and things that go back and forth on, you know, where you want to get married, what priest or what kind of spiritual direction or, um, you know, prayer life and meditations do you want to embellish into our everyday life when we're married. And uh, we're, we're, fortunately, we're on the same page for most of that stuff. So it's very easy. She's making it pretty easy for me. Um, so we don't have much disagreement on those topics. Um, so it's just kind of a day by day. We're moving forward. We're having those conversations and uh, prioritizing the things that need to be prioritized. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what advice would you give to some of your guy friends that you know around your age that aren't really looking for marriage and not really trying to commit themselves to a relationship or not even pursuing woman like what 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 type of advice would you give them i would tell them uh i would because i do have friends that are kind of on all scales i guess of the spectrum where some are kind of looking for that some are just kind of looking to I don't know, mess around, if you will. And I, I just had a conversation with one of them about this. It's, it's, you know, you want to be able to one day when you do get married, tell your wife um, or be upfront with your wife. And you would feel the best if you did not have much regret in terms of the way you treated women or the things that you did prior to meeting your wife. Um, I'd go back to prioritizing the dignity and, and showing respect towards women because they carry on our civilization. Like they have that, that capability, obviously it's very, very precious gift and that needs to be respected and not kind of um, materialized or uh, objectified. And I think that any woman would agree with that, whether you're, you know, whether you have a more secular perspective or a religious perspective on dating or interaction between men and women. It's like, if you show respect to, to women, they'll appreciate that no matter what. And, and you as a man will start to feel, you might think it's kind of eh at first or that you don't want to, but as you start practicing that and living that out, you'll be more proud of that. And it'll help you in other elements of your life where you're, where you're, um, trying to achieve that self-mastery of, of different virtues and different um, acts that you're either trying to refrain from or, or be consistent with. And um, so my advice would be, if you're dating a woman, um, make her the priority and, and learn to 
if you really want to learn how to treat a woman, you first have to learn how to treat and respect yourself. Um, Understand your worth, respect yourself, take care of your mind, your body, your soul. You go to the gym, do spiritual direction, um, and take care of yourself. And you'll realize the importance of that and how that makes you feel. And then now bring that to a woman. Bring a woman in on that and she will be attracted to that and, and want to partake in that. And then give that all to her. Bring that to her. You want to have some sort of value that you bring to a woman. You don't want to just use her or um, it's not a one-way street. So that would be an important thing. And then lastly, um, I would say uh, uh, what was the last thing? One other thing. That was it, I think. If it comes, if it comes up, I'll let no, you that know. Was there really was good. one other thing that I I like to prioritize when it comes to. Oh, oh, this is it. The family. This is one that people leave out a lot. Like, yes, it's it's you and. It's between you and the woman, obviously, but that extends to your family and her family. And what you can do on your part is extend that love and that dedication and that respect to her family. Um, Don't just go to her family's house and wait for the next moment where you two can be alone. Talk to the family, interact with the family. Um, Make it a point that you want to be there with the family and not just kind of sit there and wait to go do something with that person you're interested in. Um, uh, sit down with the parents, talk to them, do favors for them, be helpful, be an asset, basically. Um, be an asset, not a liability, as, as <laughs> I was recently told. Um, and, and they will appreciate that and they will like you more and they will reassure and validate their son or daughter um, and and that'll go a long way because that reassurance that they get from their parents is going to extend to you. And they'll, and if you really like this person, they're, they're going to be around for a while because now their family loves you. So mm. I would emphasize heavily on making the family a big part of your relationship. You're not just dating the person you're dating their family. So mm. include them, include them on it big time. That's a huge one. I love that. So, Cause it's, it's also not, just for them to like you but also for you to learn from her parents absolutely like right now i'm living at home which is awesome like highly recommend people right out of college don't pay for an apartment and just live with your parents um at least for me it's great because a lot of my siblings are home as well but it's really cool just to come back from college and to really appreciate my parents a lot more than I did in high school because I mean I feel like all not all high schools but definitely me as a high schooler didn't really try to learn from them and ask their advice and kind of watch what they do and how they do it and so that I can kind of carry on those and work on those virtues as well but yeah like getting to know Lily's family and then Lily getting to know your family also helps you to get to know them more and love them more because kind of like with the Holy Family, Mary helps you get closer to Jesus. St. Joseph helps you get closer to Jesus. So, so you're true. getting to 
know her dad and mom more and her brothers helps you to love Lily more. So absolutely. I great example. I would totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. And Lily, do you want to give some advice on the question I asked before with girls that are kind of they're they want to be loved and they're seeking that but kind of in the wrong ways and rather than what Andrew was saying is working on yourself and being joyful while being single and working on you know getting your spiritual drafting work working on your prayer life um, taking on new hobbies and working on your girlfriend relationships rather they they want so much to just move on to the next step. So kind of like what Jason Everett always says, when people are sick or they're not dating, they're acting like they're dating. But then when they're dating, they're acting like when they're, they're married. And then when they're married, they're divorced. So like what, what advice would you give to girls that are just trying to see, seek that, but in the wrong ways by just giving themselves to, of anybody yeah that's a good question um i mean i definitely understand um like where those girls are coming from and like looking for like i understand how it might be easy to look for love in those places where you're not actually gonna find that fulfillment it's just like temporary I would say it can be hard to like see people who are like in relationships and be like oh my gosh I desire that so much but it's just not happening for me and you're like praying about it and you're like I want this so bad why isn't it happening and is it ever gonna come and it can be very like you can get very discouraged very easily and I definitely felt that sometimes and, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a season for everything and there's a reason that God hasn't revealed to you, um, you're the person you're meant to marry or date. And I think that when you're single, there's so, it's such a good opportunity to work on yourself and work on just your relationships and loving the people around you and that will all like help you in your future relationships so you kind of can look at it like that and it's not just a waste of time you're not just like waiting around like for the perfect person to come like there's so much that um you can get into with your hobbies or your work or your friends and your family and I think I don't know I think that um something that was helpful for me like someone told me this when I was back when I was single they were like God doesn't show you gold and give you silver yes I love that quote so it's like when you look around and see all these like really happy marriages and couples and it's like that doesn't mean you're not gonna get it in the future like and also another thing is this is something I thought about a lot is the first thing in that St. Paul's quote is love is patient so like when you're in those moments 
of like where you just want love now like you just want to feel it right now it's like that's not love like you have to learn that Mm. it's patience and that's probably what I think God is trying to have you work on and that definitely like for me it was um and so yeah I would say don't get discouraged and just see the beauty in every day and take it day by day um and I will also say don't be afraid to put yourself out there like and meet people and especially through mutual friends um I think that like don't just mope around and be like I'm just waiting for someone to come like you can like I don't know have attributes and virtues that you would want in your significant other and that will attract mm, the person yeah. um, I think something you mentioned Jason ever and that reminded me he said like be so um, in love with Christ that he will have to go to Christ to find you like that is mm. your identity so he has to go there to like get to know you and I thought that was very very good for me um Mm. back when I was like single and dating so back when you were because you guys been dating what three years two years uh we've been dating for just under two years it'll be two years in October oh wow yeah Lily I just remember some conversations with you at Oakcrest We'd be like, where are all the good guys at? Like, we were literally like 17. Like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, all we did was hang out with our like five friends and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> we're complaining that we're not married yet or like dating. <laughs> I know. I thought it would happen just so easily. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, for some reason, thought at 21, my life would be all put together. Yeah. For some reason, married already and just you know out living like across the country with I don't know like yeah what I was thinking but here I am 21 and I'm like oh my goodness like I'm, I love where I'm at but I'm yeah not, well, not what I expected this is another thing that kind of relates to that too that I've been thinking about is like you can have everything you want in your life by the end of your lifetime it might not be all simultaneously like say for example you're single now but you're like traveling around the world and like having an amazing job that you love or like I don't know it's like but you still want to be married let's say but it's like by the end of your lifetime like you might have that it just might not happen all at the same time Mm -hmm. like simultaneously so like and even when you're married it's like well, I want kids. And it's like, well, just enjoy being married right now. Like by the end of your lifetime, like you will have all that, but it's just, it might not be all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of going back to what you said before, like love is patient. And so yeah, just working, working on that patience. And like, would you guys right now, like you're not married yet. So you're, you're engaged. So being patient in the next couple months like waiting for that for that day to happen but it's not Mm -hmm. here yet and there's things to be talked about things to work on um yeah so what would you guys say is one thing you guys are um 
I don't want to say worried about, but more just concerned about for marriage. Um, Because we've been dating this whole time, long distance, but now obviously when you're married, you'll be together every day in person. Well, I think that's kind of a crazy thing because we've never lived in the same state ever. And like, we've never lived even remotely close to each other. So like the thought of being literally like having such a drastic change and like living together every single day and like being together when we all we know is long distance, that's kind of daunting, but also amazing. But like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) I told her, I told, I tell her this all the time. Like the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like, all we want right now is to live together. And then when we live together, there's going to be times where it's like, oh, remember those days of long distance? Like it was, yeah, you know, it, it made every trip seem very special. Like you're kind of on a honeymoon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And that's how it has been. But at the same time, that's not what this dating is about. That's not what relationships and marriage is about. It's, it's about coming together to becoming one, appropriating and raising a family to, I'll hopefully one day go to heaven like that's what I've been telling her for a long time and that's just kind of my outlook on life and, and the vocation of marriage so I'm ready for that next step I I know I enjoy the you know long plane rides over there to the other side of the continent and I'm like oh boy can't wait to see her and you know we get there and we have just like a ball of a time like we do all these fun things and and it's great but at the end of the day, as time goes by, it's it's not going to be reality. Reality is going to be, you know, talking about or dealing with our careers, finances, um, you know, raising children, and and you know, there'll be different spiritual struggles and involvement in our community and our faith. Um, that's something that's the priority, and that we'll always strive to. Um, I guess, kind of reflect off each other and into our uh, future family. But I, I think that reality is going to, that's that's how it's meant to be, you know? Like, if you truly love someone, you're going to make those sacrifices because that's what, that's what marriage is. I mean, it's great. You know, you have those honeymoon phases and those swings of good times and bad, but really it's just a giant sacrifice of, hey, I want to do something meaningful. I want to do the will of God and I want to do it with you. And I want to sacrifice everything in my life to be with you and raise a family. Like that's, that's what it is. Marriage isn't tit for tat. It's not like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting so much from this. Like, this is for me. Like, it is not about you. It's about the other yes. person. And that's, that's, Unfortunately, why I feel there are so many failed marriages nowadays is because they lack that understanding, that grapple, they grapple with that, you know, it's yours, it's mine, or it it just, it fails eventually because they don't have that foundation of of faith and that understanding of marriage is a sacrifice. It is a, a complete and utter sacrifice that you are giving yourself completely, entirely to the other person. You basically have to be okay with losing. I mean, you're not actually losing, obviously, but the way the way I'm the way 
a way to think about it is like you are giving yourself up entirely for the sake of the other person and a family. Like that is your priority. Um, and if you're not ready for that, that's why so many guys nowadays are scared of commitment and scared of getting married. That's why you see these couples that have dated for eight or nine years or however long it's like. And, you know, it's obviously to each his own, but um, I mean, there's a point where it's like appropriate and kind of expected for people to get married. Obviously, everything's circumstantial and people can do what's right for them. But there is a time where every guy, and I, and I know this because I I've, I've felt this way, is you, you kind of get scared and this fear of, of commitment comes on to you and it worsens with the emphasis or the, if the other person accelerates that commitment or forces, not forces, but projects that onto you in, in, in a kind of, it kind of makes you, it frightens you a bit. Um, but it, that's just, a, that's just a, a natural reaction. I want to, I'd want to say, and, you know, eventually you'll come come to mind with it, but um, it is a big deal. So if if you're not ready, it's it's something to seriously consider because um, I even have those thoughts, and and but I am reassured through my foundation, through my faith, my values, and and Lily, that I am ready for that, and that's what I feel called to do. Um, so it is it's a very big deal, and, and nowadays it's it's kind of neglected the, the solemnity of it and how important it is. It's an actual sacrament, you know, it's like not treated like that nowadays, but yeah. Kind yeah. Of tangent. Yeah. And I think that, um, so many people like, I mean, it is a very important thing and it's should be taken very seriously with preparation and, you know, you do pre cana and all that. Um, and people say like, oh, the first year of marriage is the hardest. And like, they kind of try to scare you a little bit, but I, I just feel so confident and reassured in like my relationship with Andrew and with the foundation that we have. Um, and we're very, um, like set in our roles, like like how he was talking about earlier with being like a provider and taking care of me and um, potentially like for a family later on. And like, that makes me feel like I can be feminine and like, I can be a loving wife and make a home. And like, that's what I want to do. And like, that's my calling. So I'm just really excited. And I know that if there are any concerns or I know there will be, inevitably hard things but I know that we can always go to each other and Andrew's like my rock and I know that I can talk to him about anything and we're also very like not um accusatory like when we talk about things it's like we say I don't know I feel like we're good about saying like this is how I'm feeling and then it becomes like we work on it together it's not like oh that's your problem or like you're accusing me of something so that makes me feel like very and then of course like yeah we have our faith to give us grace and lots of great mentors so I feel like we're in a really good place and I'm excited Mm. I'm so excited for you guys 
Thank you. Uh, I mean, you saw me the day I, I saw you guys like a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, I was literally crying mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I when you guys would tell me your story. Cause I was like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, Thank you. But, um, yeah, we could probably end it around here. Um, I think we're over an hour, but mm-hmm. this was really amazing. And I love how I could hear from both sides um, because I'm always talking to my girlfriends about this, but it's really cool to hear from the man and his his per- perspective. And I really love mm-hmm. what you're saying about the focus on the family. Um, Harrison Buckard, did you hear that talk he just gave? I did not hear that yet. Um, He, so he's um, kicker for the chief, but he just gave this talk and he was saying like, I have two, I have, it was something like I have two Super Bowl rings, um, but the ring that's more important in my life is my wedding ring. And he was saying college, a lot of people here are going to tell you, you know, go out there, make a lot of money, be successful. And it's all kind of just focused on me, me, me. But he said, uh, the, the proudest thing um, that I've done is just get married, be a father, and like provide for my family. So kind of along the lines of what you were saying, which I really like because a lot of people right after college can get really focused on themselves and just trying to make more money or get, you know, a better position at their work. And then the years go by and suddenly it's like, oh, shoot. Like, I never thought about my relationships with other people and it could be too late. So kind of what both of you guys were saying and not just your relationship with your future husband or wife, but with your family and with your siblings and with your friends. And Lily, just like you were saying in times when you're single, it's perfect opportunity to dive into to those relationships even more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much guys for hopping on and for being in a different time zone and still, still coming on here. Um, uh, I have it easy. It's you guys. Too bad for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'll see you next week. Right. Aren't you coming to Maryland? Is that true? Um, Andrew is probably going to come out with like soon because we have to meet with our priests um right for stuff so he's trying to come out we were talking i'm trying i'm time. trying within the next couple of weeks or so i'm trying to come okay out. um but yeah we'll definitely but we'll definitely lily will it. definitely tell you and we can meet up and hang out that'd, that'd be great yeah. yeah get the get the whole squad yes <laughs> i think everyone's been asking about you guys like have you seen Aww. have you seen lily yet oh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you so much this was so awesome and i'm definitely praying for you guys a ton i'm so excited for you guys and yeah i'll see you Aww. soon thank you so much thank you julie, julie. This was awesome. right. we appreciate it bye guys bye. Bye. bye bye bye